Are we doing ghosticles? Yeah. Yes, we're doing ghosticles. So let's do it. It's that time again. It's time for ghosticles. We'll freak you out with a bad reading of your story. A good reading of your story. A good impromptu reading of your story. <laughs> cold reading. A no. cold reading. <laughs> this is very Sondheim. This is a very Sondheim episode. <laughs> no, we got to begin like weird harmonies. Like <laughs> yeah, ear, right. ear, ear, weird harmonies that like make no sense. Do you ever do that? I often do this where I just make songs out of like whatever I'm just Brandon I'm doing. does it all the time. Oh yeah. I do it a little bit, not as much as he does, because I'm not the singer that he is. Yeah. He's a fucking beautiful singer, but he'll just make songs up. Like yeah, when we were first together, he started like, When the sun gets up and the day is. Like, what, what is it? What, what's his song? When the sun comes up and the day begins, I get hungry. So hungry. And then <laughs> that's, that's nice. his breakfast that's song. That's the beginning of that's a That's the musical. song he makes while he's cooking breakfast. Right. The My, song I cook when depends. I'm making breakfast is like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> it really depends simple. on my mood. Yeah. So, like, if I was gonna get water, it would be like, it could be like, I'm gonna get water. Or it could be like, <laughs> I'm gonna get water. It just depends. I do I'm like the, the patter song where it's everything is like, I'm gonna get water over here, and then I'm gonna get water, and then I'm gonna give that's it the, over here. Like, it's. Yeah, that's the song. Um, like, I have, have, I have this friend, Oscar. And Oscar did our Dia de los Muertos mm-hmm. La Llorona, uh story. So and so we would do that when we were going out. It's like, are you ready for the club? I'm ready for the club. Let's go. We're going to go to the club and let's get to the club and we're going to drive and get. And it would just be. It's weird. In mine and Brandon's relationship, there's like certain tunes that are just improv. Like they're just totally impromptu tunes that mm-hmm. we've that have started in the early days of our relationship that we come back to again and again and we yeah. develop them. Right. And so like we'll take that tune and like oh let's put it it's to the let's, reprisal. Let's set it to this now and it's fucking weird. We just do it all the time. We're a very musical couple. Yeah, Jack and I are too. We don't make up our own songs though. He's not. He doesn't do that as as much as I do because I'm a living <laughs> musical. But um, <laughs> he does. We do think of the same songs pretty often. And so if somebody mm. says a word or three words in a row that remind us of a song, then we'll both break out into it. Or if Memories. I, yeah, not normally musicals. Think, no. think more like, like pop, music. pop, like pop rock, rock, metal, definitely metal, metal, metal new wave, new, wave, like new age, um, yeah. alt. Yeah. Any kind of, especially if it's from the nineties, one of us will start it oh, and the yeah. other one always finishes it. It's I love, nice. um, I had a, my best friend for the longest time I was, we were roommates. Um, she worked in, uh, she's been a violist all her life and a teacher. So she's worked with a lot of orchestras and stuff. And so there's certain pieces she has played so many times in her life professionally. Like if it's Christmas, any, any classical musician, uh, that, you know, hates the Nutcracker. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Cause they've all played it a thousand, a thousand times. times and like there's at least, at least half a dozen times every fucking Christmas. Um, cause you know, it's good money, whatever, but they all have, <laughs> there's this culture, this sort of subculture of professional classical musicians who have put um, dirty lyrics to some of your favorite classical themes, mm. such as um, the New World Symphony, the last movement is from Dvorak, is dun, 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 And the unofficial lyrics to that <laughs> are, <laughs> I want to masturbate, please leave me alone. Like it's That's nice. So now you can't, good luck hearing that. Yeah. Now. Or the also, Nutcracker Suite. Also, masturbating without that song in your head. 
It's ghosticles time. It's ghosticles. It's ghosticles time. It's ghosticles time. Hello to ghosticles time. Hail and hearty. Uh, hello to all of our listeners. That's right. Dead and living. That's right. We have a lot of of dead listeners. Apparently. Non, not living any longer. I don't want to say dead. I feel like that's disrespectful in some way. pejorative? I don't want to be pejorative. Um, like, yeah. They're so dead. They're so past tense. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. They're not. They're, not. You're they're not, every bit as alive as we are. That's right. Well, maybe not every bit. They're just not, they're just not trapped into a physical being, and I think that's wonderful they're for them. They're free. They're free. I love that. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know how it works. I there was a way they could review. Are you tied to some sort of... I'm, I'm reading a book right now called The Clockmaker's Daughter mm-hmm. and they just there's a ghost in it. She describes being stuck like an anchor. She can only go a certain far, a certain distance away and feels like she's being pulled back. Um, that would suck. And like it's like uh, in the others, right? That, that kind of yeah. thing. But anyway. But it's not so different than being alive when you think about it. No, most it's people, definitely different. Most people feel like I think most people feel really anchored to a certain spot, and they but feel you can they leave. they can leave, but they don't feel fully themselves the further away they get from home base. Like maybe their anxiety sets in or, or something like that. I mean, they maybe, may not physically be drawn back, but psychologically, they're definitely homesick. Or maybe they feel more themselves the further away they get. True, man, that may be a same. So people with uh, wanderlust. What I'm saying is, nothing we say has meaning. <laughs> or everything I does, which is the same thing. Right before we started this, I got a, I saw a message from. Okay, if you remember on our last ghosticles, you oh, read yeah. a story from Rachel yes, yes, about yes. Um, her helpful ghost, and uh-huh. I was like, and you gave it a name. I did. I a Mallory. Mal, Ma- I think you said Mallory. Mallory. That's yeah, right, Mallory. Because I was thinking, oh yeah, Mallory, like the author of like the the death of the limbo, the author. Sure. Um, <laughs> so author. the death uh, of the author, Mallory. <laughs> yes. So. And I was just trying to say it should help and help find something, and that way we'll know it's listening. Well, um, so we got a message from Rachel's sister. So she's the one whose wedding ring went flying off her finger. Right, because the ghost Mallory, as Mallory we called her, was find like, it. Mm-mm, you can do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. That was a different one. Oh. I think. I thought it was the same ghost. I think it was the it's same, the same ghost, ghost two like, but two different stories. Two different stories of the same ghost. Right, but may, I don't commenting know. Commenting on someone else's We're going to have to look at it again. Uh, we've had a couple of drinks. So... <laughs> She sent us a message that said, actually, Mallory recently helped. My son lost his coin purse. We searched for nearly two weeks, found nothing. It suddenly turned up last night after Wes asked the ghost for help in finding it, which is the night that the podcast came out, that the episode came out. Ooh. Yeah. So we're we're helping ghosts help people, and thank you, Mallory, for that. You're an amazing you, spirit. You're wonderful. If you could just go online and give us a review, <laughs> I know. If you could just subscribe, great. can you subscribe? Can also, ghosts do that? If you could find a way to see if that name is right, are you okay with Mallory as a name? It's a beautiful name. I it love certainly it. sounds like it suits you. I felt like but it was an know. M name, and Mallory just I mean, popped you might in my be head. Right. You have a talent for this. I, well, shall we begin? Begin. I know that's not even week's... beginning yet. That was just a FYI. That was that was awesome. You get to start this week, don't you? Yes, All and right. this I have a story from Kylie. Kylie, um, we're who, singing. Uh, I met actually. Mm. 
I believe. Yes, I met Kylie. Okay. And I told Kylie, I'm like, oh, you've got some really great stories. You really need to send, send them it in. in. And so she I did. have another one. I have one coming up from somebody that you met. Let me look. I have one coming up from somebody that you met at a convention. Oh, maybe the, okay, the, maybe this isn't the person I'm talking about then. Never mind. I didn't meet this person. Sorry, Kylie. We may have met <laughs> you. I'm sorry, Kylie. I want to meet you if I haven't met Just... you already. But Kylie says, hello, my name is Kylie. Hi, Kylie. <laughs> so I feel like I know her. And I work at a trauma hospital. Oh. I work in the sterile processing department, and we sometimes have some weird things go on. I mainly Bet think you it... fucking do. <laughs> no shit. I mainly think it be, uh, it's because we are right next to room 10, our trauma room, Within the first two weeks, I experienced activity. I was stepping away from the wrapping table. Wrapping table? Like they wrap presents? You'll have to explain that. I was stepping away from the wrapping table. Oh. Oh, I bet that's where they, like, after. Oh, like, like, like they they dress the wounds? Yeah, that's when. They wrap the room. Wounds. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> they wrap the wombs. They wrap, wrap the, the wombs wounds. and dress the wounds. And oh, God, that tequila at lunch. Um, Y'all, we had tequila at lunch. Go Within ahead. my first two weeks, I experienced activity. I was stepping away from the wrapping table to go do something else when I saw that all the sticker guns were swinging in tandem. It was a slow day, so the sterilizers weren't running, and everyone else was off doing other things around the department. Yeah. I love that they have sticker guns the same way like a grocery store has like a price gun. That's what I, I imagine it oh, all being price guns. guns. It's probably we're probably not far uh, from the mark. Um, <laughs> we also have things fall off shelves, even though they're set far enough back uh, that to keep that from happening. We have a ghost named Wyatt. Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt. I know somebody whose dad is named Wyatt. Wyatt. He lives in um, Texas though, so when he's very Texas Wyatt, name he goes, to me. Wyatt. It's the Wyatt. longest Wyatt. He's great. He's such a great guy. Sounds like someone can't decide whether they're saying white or what. What? Um, What? Um, (laughs) He will turn down the music on the radio if he doesn't like it. Same. Also, we have a bitch in white. Uh, A bitch in Wyatt. Uh, (laughs) A bitch in white. That's a different show, guys. Different show. Also, we have a bitch in white that one of the nurses has seen. Uh, When he first saw her, he was walking around the OR and thought a patient had walked out of the PACU, a.k.a. recovery, while the nurse wasn't looking. So he followed her into the back hallway where she disappeared. Ooh. We have regular activity in room 6, 10, and 12. Heart monitors will go off as if someone is attached to them, and there's the feeling of being watched while you're in there alone. That feeling is also prevalent in sterile processing. I honestly don't like being there by myself on the weekends. We also used to, we also used to have a radio on decontamination that would turn on and off by itself, even when unplugged. It doesn't feel like a malevolent spirit, though. I just think it's a lonely soul. Who's trying to get our attention? Thank you, Kylie. I bet there's all kinds of good stories there. Little stories. I like it. Me too. I'm ready. What's your scope? This is from Ivan. Ivan. Disclosure. This is the first time I've ever told this story, and it is also time I told this experience. Mm. After graduating from basic training from the military, I was stationed in Fort Bragg. North Carolina. This is also where my brother was stationed. And small fact, if you know Leah Clark, she's another voice actor slash Mm -hmm, friend of mm -hmm. ours. She was born there. Small world. Small world. Well, maybe not because the base is the biggest in population and second biggest area wise. It's pretty old with a haunted history that you will not hear in the media. Mm. Everyone knows what happens when some soldiers come back from overseas. They're not the same, but I'll leave it at that. Anyways, my family and I decided on living on post, and 
we decided to move into a small and old duplex. Everything was great until four months after we moved in. We started fighting a lot over the dumbest reasons. It got so bad that my wife almost left a couple of times, but thankfully she didn't. This was going on for a while until one day after a fight, she decided to cool down in our room. I was in the kitchen washing dishes when suddenly I felt a shiver going down my back. I could feel a drop in temperature and see my breath in front of me. I thought maybe a window had been left open, but the only window nearby was closed. So I decided to check the thermostat. As I was walking over, the cold was suddenly gone. I didn't think much of it. I just figured I might be getting sick. Again, I went over to finish up the dishes when I felt a someone staring from behind. I quickly turned around, but there was nobody there. I could still feel someone looking at me, and the best way I can describe it was as if someone was staring right in front of me, but I was unable to see them. Trying to ignore the feeling, I went back to doing what I was doing, but it was still bothering me. I finished washing the dishes, and just as I was about to put one away, I saw someone crouching down behind the counter. Ooh. I couldn't make out much of her. Well, I think it was a her, because the only thing I was able to see was a pale white forehead and silky, dark, long hair trying to hide. It Immediately, I think of the grudge. Teens. <laughs> you and your teens. Yeah. You think of you and your teens, and I think of the grudge. It's, I don't know what that means. That's fair. For, for a second, I thought it was my daughter, so I yelled at my wife to see if my daughter was with her in the room. Mm. Mm. She said yes. And in that second, I grab a knife. I grabbed a knife, thinking someone had broken in. I looked everywhere, but I didn't see anyone. Again, the feeling of being stared at was happening, and my blood went to my feet. Out of instinct, I ran to the room and locked the door. My wife asked what was wrong. I was pale white and scared out of my mind. I didn't tell her what happened. I didn't want to scare her. No shit, A year later, my son was born. We brought him home from the hospital and welcomed him home. Within the first week things started happening again. Mm. The first night that my son was sleeping in his room, we started to hear him cry. It was my wife's turn to check up on him. When she came back, she was confused because we could hear my son crying on the monitor, but he was sound asleep in his room. Oh. After a few minutes, oh, gosh. Know, fucking baby oh. monitors, man. Man, just don't get them. No, I mean, it's that's, not worth you it. Should, but just don't, go check on your kid. Don't yeah, get just, ghosts like, involved. Have them in the room with you. It's fine. Shit. Okay. Oh my fucking god. No. After a few minutes, we started to hear a male's voice coming <laughs> through the monitor. No, we no. couldn't make out what it was saying, but it sounded like he was mad at something. Oh, God. My wife didn't know what was going on. I, on the other hand, was shitting bricks. <laughs> Calmly, I told her that the monitor was defective, and we brought our son into our bedroom. I turned off the monitor and went to bed, but obviously didn't go to sleep that night. We were the only ones with a newborn around the block. Oh None of the neighbors had babies, and the kids in the neighborhood were all at least 10. That I mean, continued. To be fair, maybe the monitors were picking up info wars. 
<laughs> There's a lot of crying, crying. babies oh, and so angry many. people on that show. <laughs> Back when it was still on. Oof. Thank God for <laughs> Sorry, small that was favors. A, that small was a favors. cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. Well, they make it and, easy. And almost as scary as a cop. <laughs> They continue. That continued to happen every day until we moved. Every day. I always wondered what could have happened at that house, especially considering it was on a military base. Oh, that makes me think of my mom's haunted house story. Yeah. Oof. I know I've told it before, but it's the one with the basement. Yes. She felt something grab her foot and pull it out <laughs> from under her, and it was it was a duplex on a military base in West Virginia, and uh, and when they went back and took a picture. And showed me. I was like, who was there? And they were like, it was a, it was, there was nobody living there still. And I was like, then who's inside the house? <laughs> Cause you could see someone pulling the curtain back and looking out the window. That was a good one, Ivan. That was real good, Ivan. You did a great job. So good. I'm fucking freaked out now. This one comes from Vladimir. Great name. Vladimir has written us before. Oh, yeah. Yes. Volodya. Yes, that's the, right. The nickname for Vladimir. He's a wild and crazy um, guy. That's all I can think <laughs> right now. <laughs> Vladimir says, I work as a housekeeper on third shift at a hospital slash nursing home that was once a TB hospital, the first in Kentucky before Waverly. Ooh. Uh, and I have experienced a few strange things around the main building. However, the story I'm about to tell happens every night. What? My first job is to clean the cafeteria. Uh, cafeteria. Cafeteria. My first job is to clean Texas the and cafeteria and New Hampshire. My first <laughs> job every night is to clean the cafeteria because no one is in there. So logically, it's the best time to do so. It's night shift. Um, when I was first um, moved to third shift, the cafeteria was normal. Nothing supernatural about it. Yet a few people warned me that I would hear noises with no explanation. I ignored them because I thought they were just joking. Two months later, as I was mopping the floor, I heard a knocking sound as if someone was heavily pressing their fist into a door. The knocking continued with five-second pauses between. Uh, Searching, I tried to see if anyone was nearby, but there was no one. The knocking stopped only to return ten minutes later. It would keep this pattern up the whole night. (sighs) Trying to find an answer, my brain came up with the explanation that the pipes in the kitchen were having issues. Sounded good. Plus, when others asked what was making the sound, security used the pipe to uh, use the pipes excuse as well. For a year and a half, the knocking continued, and everyone assumed it was the pipes and just ignored it. It kind of became our norm. October first, hmm. two thousand eighteen, the knocking sound turned into pounding, okay. pounding as if someone wanted to be let in or out. Ten people, including myself, were in the cafeteria when it happened. Everyone froze. What we assumed was pipes seemed to be coming from a small corner of the room uh, where two doors were. Uh, One door led to the kitchen. The other was a small storage. The pounding ceased, but only for 15 minutes. To rationalize the occurrence, we all agreed the pipes needed to be looked at. There was nothing wrong with them. Soon our pipes switched from uh, light knocking to the aggressive pounding daily. And again, it became our norm. Well... It became third shift's norm because apparently it never happened on the other two shifts. Three weeks ago at 3 a.m. on my way to lunch, I saw a direct care person rush out of the cafeteria, worry plastered upon her face. Assuming she was late to clock back in, I headed into uh, I headed into the I headed into the oven. <laughs> excuse me. Assuming she was late to clock <laughs> back in, I headed into the oven-like cafeteria. I turned my music on and began enjoying my break. Ten minutes later, the knocking started up. Following a rattling sound, 
Scanning the room, I notice the door not. Scanning the room, I'm starting to read these like the fucking voice, um, the little robot voices. Scanning the room, I notice the door knob. Scanning the room, I notice the door knob to the storage, shaking as if a crazed person was on the other side. Oh no! I remained rooted to my spot for a moment, shocked. I quickly became irritated and stood up. Approaching the door, I grabbed the knob and swung it open. No one was inside. The knocking ceased. I was staring into a room engulfed by darkness. I took a step into the room in order to grab the door. Locking it from the other side, I closed it and returned to my seat, trying to convince myself my mind had just played a trick on me. However, I came to a halt when I walked into a cold spot directly in front of my chair. Ooh, yikes indeed. Man, and I just, like, it's crazy, too, that everybody just kind of explains it. Like, they just... It, but it's validated that everyone hears it, too. And it's like, I, uh, it's probably pipes. I don't know. It's Venus. It's swamp gas. <laughs> it's, you know... St. Elmo's fire. Yikes. Oof. Okay. Thank you, Vladimir. So, this next one is from It's a Secret. Because they must... Keep their identity protected. Oh. This is the person you met. This is the person I met. Okay. In undisclosed I'm very city. glad this person told me yeah, these but, stories I mean, and took my advice to write in. Yeah, but you haven't read them yet, have you? I haven't. I, I know that they gave me a kind of rundown of okay. what they were planning to write in. All right. Well, here we go. Are you ready? You so ready. For the past several years, I've worked the night shift at a mental health hospital. Despite basically everyone telling me how creepy they find the unit at night, I personally never minded. I've always liked the quiet and stillness. As with any 100-plus-year-old mental health hospitals, there are ghost stories the staff tells each other. But what creeps me out the most is the fact of what I saw had no story for it. One warm summer day, I had arrived for my shift like normal and was sitting down talking to my coworkers. We'd run through our standard shift change items and were just talking and joking about whatever. I was sitting opposite them and just happened to look off towards the doorway I'd come through when I saw it. A white human-looking figure appeared to be walking from the doorway towards the windows across the room. Well, I say walking... But this figure had no legs or lower body for that matter. Oh. Just the upper torso. No. Though there were no defining features, something just screamed male to me. So I've referred to the figure as him. He made to a nearby pillar but vanished after walking behind it. I immediately stopped laughing and can only imagine the horrified face I made as one of my coworkers whipped around in the direction of the doorway. What did you see? What did you see? She questioned in a panic. As it was something, as it was obvious something was wrong, I told her everything. She and my other coworker were uneasy walking out that night, as I was, as was I, when I locked the door behind them, leaving me all alone until the day shift arrived. Now, this was well over a year ago, and I've never seen him again. A few people working here have felt unease around the doorway, and I've occasionally heard noises I can't explain from that area. Just some extra bits. <laughs> the stories I heard were that the ghost of an elderly woman can sometimes be seen in various parts of the hospital. She's a bit obvious, since she's dressed in clothing. In the <laughs> she's late, a bit obvious. She's obvious. But she she's walks in, around. I'm a ghost, everyone. Yeah. Well, so we're clear. she's also dressed in clothing from the late 1800s. 
mm. makes one it's obvious commitment to the bit. into hospital. Uh, number two. The ghost of a young woman haunts some of the lower floors. She appears and looks so real that staff just assumes she's patient. They try to help the poor panicking woman, but she disappears in front of them. I think I heard her around Christmas time this past year. I was working on something in the back office when I heard what was clearly a panicking woman asking a question. I couldn't hear what she was saying, but the panic and anxiety in her voice was clear as could be. I came out of the office to find no one there. The same thing happened again a couple of hours later. After that, I stopped working in there until the day shift arrived. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Number three. Good choice. The actual ghost stories from my unit are that a woman hanged herself in a bathroom in the middle of the night. The room is double occupancy, but if that room has only one patient in there, they will see a figure drifting out of the bathroom between 2 to 4 a.m., this results in them sleeping with a light on until they get a roommate. Though I've never seen this ghost. It's the room where people have nightlights most often, so I guess they're seeing someone. Oof. Also, the Ooh. first year I worked there, that room would often have its motion-based alarm tripped for seemingly no reason, as everyone would be asleep when I checked on them. Anyway, thanks again, and I hope you both are doing well. Thank you, secret friend. Well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, thanks for sending in your stories. I love the hospital stories. I appreciate you. All right. Next. This is the yellow dress lady from Kathleen. <laughs> oh, I remember this one. It was a cold winter's night in the Midwest. The snow had been falling all night. Sleet rattled the window of my bedroom. I'd been sick with the flu for a couple of days and was in bed, shivering. It was the middle of the night when my closet door opened. The door used to swing open at odd times. Our landlord said it was level, so it wasn't shut tight. So if it wasn't shut tight, it would open. I made sure to close it until it clicked. This was an old house with heavy wooden doors and glass doorknobs. I watched the door slowly open. A form drifted out. A woman in a yellow gown from the Victorian era glided over to me. She gazed down at me and put a hand on my forehead. You're burning up, she said. Call your mother. Call for her now. Mom, I yelled. Her bedroom was next to mine. Mom! She came running in. What is it? What's wrong? The lady in yellow uh, stood off to one side, watching. Mom didn't see her. My head hurts. The lady, in yellow the lady in the yellow dress said to tell you. I pointed to her, still standing near us. What lady? Mom looked right at her, but still couldn't see. She's right there, I said. There's no one there, Mom said. Mom, who was a nurse, put a hand on my forehead and went to get a thermometer. She stuck it under my tongue for the allotted time and pulled it out. A hundred and four, she said. Yikes. Come on, I'm taking you to the ER. The yellow-gowned lady nodded and drifted back into the closet. The door swung shut. At the ER, they gave me fluids and brought my fever down, but kept me overnight. In the morning, I went home and went to my closet to get a change of clothes. There, on the top shelf, was a shabby yellow gown. The lace around the collar and sleeves tattered and faded. I took the gown to my mom to show her. This is the gown the lady wore last night, I said. Well, whoever she was, she saved your life, Mom said. Where did you find the dress? In the back of my closet, shelf. Put it back, and I'll take it to be cleaned. Maybe you could wear it for Halloween. I did as she asked, but a couple days later, when I was finally better, I went to get the dress out, and it was gone. I asked my mom about it, but she hadn't taken it. I guess the lady wanted her dress back. Ooh, that's good. I bet that your mom ghost. took the dress. 
That's my thought. Well, maybe the ghost just kind of like, look, go show this to your mom so that she, she doesn't think you're just making shit up. Right. But I mean, I but think that mine. afterwards, like, mom took it because she was like, fucking what? Lady in a yellow dress. Because, like, from the mom, I'm thinking from the mom's perspective, daughter's mm-hmm. sick. Also, there's nothing more terrifying than having a child tell you, she's right there and pointing and there's no one there. Like, fuck that. So you think about that and then you think, you know, she floats back or whatever. And then she tells, you know, you tell your mom this stuff and then there's a yellow dress. Okay, yeah, fuck that. We're burning that dress. Thank you so much. But we're going to go ahead and get rid of this dress now. Thank you. Okay, bye. Yeah, I bet mom took the dress. Oof. In my... What's the scariest thing a child has ever said to you along those lines? Well, along those, no, there was more like we were telling, we, there was one night that everybody in the house had nightmares except for Serafina. Oh. So the girls were here. It was, so Jack and me and Callista all had nightmares. So Jack was like, oh God, yeah, I had a nightmare and he told it and it was like, yeah, that sounds scary. And then I told my nightmare and it was yeah, that sounds scary. And then Callista said, I had a nightmare that there was this giant doll with a human arm and a baby arm. And the human arm was reaching out to me and grabbed me. And I was like, yeah, you win. That's definitely scarier than anything. <laughs> it was pretty terrifying. It scared her so much. She had trouble going up and down oh, the stairs because it turns freaky. out she had been watching Chucky on YouTube. She got in big <laughs> trouble for it. But, um, <laughs> but it was creepy. Well, and I also... I always encourage them to use their imagination with stuff. So yeah. if they're telling ghost stories, I keep asking questions. I always yeah. love to do this with kids anyway, because mm-hmm. they're so imaginative. You just keep asking them questions like, so, you know, who, who are you playing with and who are they and what's their name and where did they come from? And they'll make up answers. Most of the time they well, won't yeah, say, yeah. I don't know. So when you keep asking, uh, and Serafina really gets into the ghost stuff. She'll talk mm-hmm. about there's a ghost. You were there for that when she's uh-huh. like the ghost on the stairs. What, yes. ghost, what did she look like? She was definitely wearing white, but we couldn't say bitches in white at the time. Right. And she just kept going with the story. And as much as you would ask, she'd have an answer yeah. for you. It was really yeah. good. And she was just being creative. It wasn't right. Right. She wasn't trying. She wasn't trying to sell us on it really being a thing, but she was yeah. just kind of running with it. She was answering the questions. It, it was, was really fun. fun. Oh, they're so creative. But yeah, I the had, creepiest yeah. I've read was it was a Reddit thing, uh-huh. and um, I had to take some water. I'm gonna cough. You're gonna cough. I've been holding it back for like 30 minutes. You have not been successful. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. Not at all. If I let go, how much coughing how much? would be flying through this room right now? Please don't cough at me. But <laughs> there was a kid away. that they said that they woke up and their kid was looking at them, and she looked at her daughter, and her daughter said, "I want to peel off your skin." <laughs> and it scared the shit out of her. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, well, she got really sunburnt. And so her skin was peeling off. <laughs> so her daughter was like, I want to peel off your skin, which I totally get now. It's like, that makes perfect sense. I want to pop your zits. But just like walk, waking up to, I want to peel off your skin. No. Oh. Yeah. What about oh. you? Do you have any? I do. I don't want to tell it. It's really, really, really dark. You can't. I can't. I had a I had a godson for a number of years who had a series of really really bad nightmares that he wouldn't go into detail about. He was about I guess it's probably eight or nine at the time. We were on a road trip, all of us, um, uh, and it, uh, he kept having nightmares every everywhere we stopped. 
There were three kids mm. and and four adults and uh, in this group and every like the kids were he was the young he wasn't the youngest he was the middle child, uh, but the youngest wasn't able to talk yet he was a baby, mm. so uh, he would tell us stories like every morning he would like he just wasn't himself, and on the trip and he kept having like just the worst nightmares and he just said like he said the weirdest fucking thing to me. Because I could just tell, like, we were in the car uh, for the next leg of the journey one morning, and I could just tell he was not himself. He didn't want to eat breakfast from the hotel, and he was just kind of like, you know, whatever, and he was just kind of staring off the window, and I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing, I just had a really bad dream last night again. It was like the second night in a row. And I was like, well, what, what's the dream about? And he was like, it's just nothing. It's just nothing. He said those words. And I was like, that's weird. And he died young. He died young of cancer. He got leukemia when he was 12. And he lived until he was, I guess he died when he was about 14. So not that there's necessarily a connection, but But. like he was like that, whatever he dreamt while we were on that road trip, all of us, the family together, um, whatever he dreamt changed his personality. Like he went from being a kind of prankish, he was the middle child. So he was like, he was like Bart Simpson, you know, he was always trying to like get attention and you know, he was always, he was really smart and he was always, he was really funny too. He was always very, he was a little performer. And then that trip just changed him. Something about that trip and having dreams. He just, he got darker really for a kid. And that was weird to see because he was like only eight or nine at the time. And I guess, you know, your personality is very um, changeable when you're that age. But, like, yeah. it was it was remarkable. Whatever he dreamt while we were on the road. And huh. we were going back. We were going to the reservation where his mother had grown up. Oh, so there was kind okay. of a, there was a, the, the trip had a spiritual purpose. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know if there's any connection or not. But that's that's definitely the darkest that thing I've dark. ever had a kid. Well, and it's, just, it's after the fact dark. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. But just My, having him go, yeah, I just, I dreamed that there was like nothing. I dreamed that I was just walking around and there was just nothing. Yikes. And I was like, oh, that's, that's some heavy shit, kid. It kind of makes me think of <clears throat> this story. It was with my grandmother when she was young. And so lived in Oklahoma Sooners, literally. Um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Sorry about that. Uh, everybody. <laughs> but um, she had that. Uh, bone disease where your bones would get really, really uh, hard, mm. and then eventually your every all of your um, cells would kind of turn into really hard, oh. like calcified bones. Oh, that's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, it's really bad. And oh, I'd never heard uh, of that. Oh, there God. was this cure or something they were touting. Of course, this was in the early. You know, 1900s, mm-hmm. 1920s, so like, hey, 1920s, drink, 1930s, right? Here, drink this whale piss. Yeah. And so they were like, there's this place she can go and they will cure her. Ugh. And so at a very young age, probably five, four or five, she was taken to Texas and then her family had to go back home. And so she was just left alone. And she would say that when she was first there, her grandfather had stayed with her, though, and he would tell her every night everything was going to be okay, and she was going to she was going to make it right. And obviously she did because I'm here. <laughs> but um, it wasn't until later when she was telling the story to people that her grandfather had always you know had been there those first few nights mm-hmm. keeping her safe and telling her she was going to be healed that she found out he died before she was born. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's, a, that's that's more positive, I guess. That is more positive. It's brighter. That's good. Yeah, that's but a yeah, good. That that's was... a good. Thank you for taking us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my that's a family story. That it was always <laughs> what she did. What my nephew, my youngest nephew, has an uncanny knack for just like asking yeah. questions. That, you know my opinion. That imply that 
he's like heard you say something that he couldn't have heard you say. Mm -hmm. Like um, for Thanksgiving, we showed up at the house where my my brother uh, entertains everyone for Thanksgiving and we showed up and I forget what it was. um, Oh yeah. Like I had meant to get Genji's portable carrier from you Mm because we keep that over here Mm -hmm. since you watch Genji so much when we were out of town. And it has its own space. And so it has its own (laughs) little space. So we just kept it over here. But the care, the, uh, the kennel we have from at home is, is it's portable, but it's bulkier. It's giant. It's it's heavier. So it's not as easy to get around. And we had to take that one with us instead of the portable carrier this year, Thanksgiving. And we didn't really say anything. We just kind of like, we showed up and then my nephew was like, Oh, that's right. Yeah, you couldn't bring the other carrier because you left it over at your friend's house. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking? Uh-huh. What? Yeah. You know how I feel about that. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I know. And I think you're right. Hmm. He, we'll this is also we- the kid that always knows it's me. Uh-huh. If he hears me on anything, any commercial, he'll know. Even if it's my brother insists that they've been in the car and he'll say, oh, Uncle Michael's about to be on. And then a commercial will come on and it's me. So good. And I'm like, fuck, kid. Can you like you know, tell me what what lotto number should I play? <laughs> no. <man. laughs> Uncle Michael, you should play these lotto Uncle numbers. Michael, Uncle Michael. He kind of likes to call me Uncle Michael. Under Michael. Michael. Yeah, Uncle, if you guys have any creepy stuff that kids say to you, or cool stuff that kids have said, or, you know, whatever, or anything. Or tell me what lotto numbers to play. Yeah, if you guys want to send us lotto numbers to play, any of that, any of that, we'll take and Ma- it. And Mallory, if you want to uh, chime in. Mallory, absolutely. Thank you for helping. <laughs> your, yeah, thank yeah, you. Rachel's very, very nice of you. Very sweet. Very we nice appreciate you. you. And so does, uh, I forget his name. I just, I wasn't looking at it. Hold on. And so does, and so does. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Never mind. I'm so mixed up right now. Those margaritas, you guys. Mambo fives. Mambo taxis. Mambo taxis. Mambo number five is the dance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Wes. Thank you for helping Wes. I should have remembered that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Thank so, you guys for listening. Yes, and remember it's, it's okay, okay to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights, lights on. on. It's, it's okay, okay to sleep, to sleep with, with the lights, lights on. on. Let's try that again. And it's remember. So shit. And remember. <laughs> let's try it again. One more time. And remember. It's, it's okay, okay to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights, lights on. on. Yeah. <laughs>